Week three is in the books for our college football teams. How did our teams from the SEC do? How did our teams in the NFL do? Is Mike Evans deserving of being suspended for a game for throwing a punch? How are our teams looking? And most importantly, we welcome a new team member to the Jake's Take family. All this and more on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go. Don't wait. This night's almost over. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sermon at Jake's Take Podcast at Jake's 014. And we, for the first time ever, are welcoming our new co-host. Welcome, Christy. I'm so excited for her to be here. She is an Alabama fan like me, and she has roots in the state of Alabama, so she knows just as much about teams from the South as I do. So we're going to try something new, but I'm super excited for her to be here. And she also hates Jimbo Fisher as much as I do. So it works out great. So what has been your favorite thing so far about week three or even just all the possible weeks that we've had, Christy? My favorite thing is all the special teams showing up and getting touchdowns, like not even just Alabama, like all college teams. It just shows how special those special teams are. Honestly, now I understand why it was so great having Mario Cristobal as our special teams coordinator. Um, But no, I love that. I love that. So we're going to start off this new episode with something new, and we're going to look back at some of our favorite signs from College Game Day. Obviously, if you watch College Game Day and you see the – host Reese Davis or you see Herbie or anyone else there you get excited but it's really the excitement when it comes to those college game day signs so take me through some of your favorite game day signs from the past week and what you thought of them and if you think that they're great or they're there were three from the Appalachian State College game day that they got picked out from the audience and all three of those students got a year's worth of free tuition because they were so great. And my favorite one was the one about Texas A&M. Did you see that one? Was it the one where they said you can't spell? Um, I think there was one that said you can't spell it without A&M or something. Yeah, it was something about withdrawing, you know, the 1.5 million that they yes. had. <laughs> that was good. Oh my gosh, I definitely enjoyed that. I also like how they were able to go into Boone, North Carolina and host College Game Day there. And someone please tell the Midnight Yell leader at Texas A&M that Boone, North Carolina city and that he is now forever embarrassed. If you haven't seen that on Twitter, Texas A&M is going to keep trying and taking it down, but you know, we can work better than that. But Enough about that. So let's get into some football talks. Obviously, we had some interconference games. We had some upsets. We had Herm Edwards getting fired. Um, what is, do you think is the biggest surprise from college football in this week? 
I think it's all the firings. I mean, they are firing these head coaches after two games. Not everybody is going to be the national champion. I don't think it's a bad thing if you end the season like eight and four. They're not even giving some of these coaches a chance to get there. Yeah, and obviously they're all going to somehow end up in Alabama because that's where coaches find their way to get back to their standard. Just ask Lane Kiffin or Sark or even Butch Jones. Or, well, no, Kirby wasn't a fired head coach, so it's okay. But, no, I agree. I mean, I don't know why they're doing it so quickly. I think it's that these teams are just seeing that their counterparts are just doing not as well, but really good. I mean, USC has done really well in their first year under Lincoln Riley. But you also have to think, you know, UCLA isn't. UCLA barely beat South Alabama. And, you know, they're going to celebrate like they just won the national championship. But South Alabama is going to celebrate because they almost defeated a Pac-12 school. So Sun Belt is looking a lot like the Fun Belt. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. But I think with this, it's just really crazy to see that we already have two significant firings and we're not even midway through the season yet. We have a lot of game left in the season. And can I just add these teams that are firing these coaches are going out and picking up the same ones that were fired by another school. Well, another man's trap, one man's trash is another man's treasure. True. I honestly think that it's a mix of the support that they have there. You know, you think about how at Alabama, we've been so fortunate enough to have Nick Saban. And then if you were to rank the rest of the coaches in the SEC, it's going to be Nick Saban, Kirby, and then it's so wide open for who can be next. Because people can say, well, what about Jimbo? It's, it's not Jimbo. No. no. It is not Jimbo. No, Jimbo, I consider him the one-hit wonder of the football season every year. He has one great game. And, of course, last year we know what game that was against Alabama. But he has one game that he rides off of, and then the rest of the season is not good. Well, he did that in FSU, too. I mean, that's how I remember it. But, I mean, I'm looking at the rest of the SEC, and there isn't one coach that really comes to my mind. Well, actually, no, Stoops. Mark Stoops does. Um, and he's finally got that team into a good area, good section. But really, I think with this group and this conference you don't really have much even in the ACC you have Dabo and that's kind of it yeah and Dabo he's a good coach but he obviously does better when he has better players of course I mean that's true for everybody but he struggles I think to build skills in his players he's more successful when the skills are already there when they come to him no, absolutely. Oh, I forgot Lane. Lane Kiffin's good. Lane uh, Kiffin is yeah, definitely... I will take Lane back any day. Yeah, no, Lane's good. Lane is probably right now number three because Lane actually doesn't say cringe stuff. <laughs> More on that later. Except the whole popcorn thing last. Yeah, but that... but that was. But he didn't, you know, try and say narcissist or call out his former boss. So. 
obviously that's where my head is at right now. Out of the SEC, which team do you think is the scariest right now aside from Alabama? Oh, Georgia, for sure. I want to apologize to absolutely nobody for my comments about Stetson Bennett earlier. Can I tell you, Stetson Bennett, during that game, right before his six-yard touchdown pass to Brock Bowers, he was throwing up on the side. Yes. (laughs) I'm hoping that's nerves, and he's getting more nervous as these bigger, bigger games come up. So what they were saying was that it was heat stroke and he just drank too much water. But I also know that I will take Bryce Young over Stetson Bennett any day. But I will admit that Stetson Bennett is becoming a better quarterback in the SEC. Is he the top quarterback in the SEC? No. You know, you have Will Levis. You have Bryce Young. Anthony Richardson has his moments. And then I don't want to say Spencer Rattler because mm-hmm. he didn't show up last week. The Ellis Jaden Daniels, maybe. Um, and then Texas A&M, no. Yeah. Um, so really right now it's Will Levis, Stetson Bennett, Bryce Young, maybe Jackson Dart, mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson, and I mean, whoever's playing quarterback for Missouri. But oh and Hendon Hooker. How do I keep forgetting Tennessee? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about Tennessee yet. I feel like they're on an adrenaline roll and it's gonna break anytime. Honestly, I kind of see that too. That's kind of how I look at Tennessee too. But speaking of adrenaline roll, it's time for us to focus on Arkansas because Bobby Petrino showed up again. Bobby Vitrino is relevant again. I don't know why. <laughs> Probably if I have to rank some of the worst people to have ever coached in the SEC, Bobby Vitrino has to be number one. I mean, I'm looking at other coaches. Les Miles was not a bad guy. Kevin Sumlin was not a bad guy. But Bobby Vitrino was awful. They looked good. They looked really good. Missouri State did look really good. But what does this mean for Arkansas? Yeah, their their coach Sam Pittman said they had to fight and claw through that whole game. So one of the things that I think every team needs to have is one of those games where they have to fight and claw. Maybe Mm -hmm. this is it for Arkansas. But with Arkansas... I am still very nervous because Alabama goes to play them in Fayetteville. Sorry, Fettville, because <laughs> that's how we say things in Alabama. So I'm nervous about that. It's going to be a battle between Bryce Young and KJ Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And obviously we'll break that game down more as it comes to it. But my biggest focus has to be that this was not an Arkansas game that we expected especially after they had come out looking really good against Cincinnati and looking really good against South Carolina yeah so this might have been their struggle game and Alabama obviously already had their struggle game so it'll be an interesting matchup it definitely will but 
I definitely think that with this, it's time to look into some of our wins and some of our overreactions and underreactions. So obviously, who do you think the biggest overreaction from week three was, whether it's SEC or in all of college football? Mm. That's tough. I'm going to go with the Gator game. I mean, they squeaked by with that field goal. When USF when USF missed that last field goal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for Billy Napier, another same disciple, but I don't know exactly what is going on in Gainesville. I know Anthony Richardson is their guy, but in addition to him, there's some trouble. I feel like they yeah. need to figure it out because they were doing pretty well against Kentucky and then all of a sudden it just kind of fell apart and I think they're still trending downward from playing Kentucky. I think so too. There were lots of mistakes and he's still a pretty young player but the run game was good but they've got a lot to work on. They absolutely do. I'm going to have to go with my biggest overreaction has to be LSU. It's as if everyone forgot that LSU lost their first two games and everything's back to normal. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know, LSU is kind of on that track that Texas A&M is on. They're going to have one good game, I feel like, and be forgotten about. I mean, that's how I look at it, too. Brian Kelly, I don't have anything bad against Brian Kelly, except that whole thing that happened, you know, years ago when he made that student go up to, like, the top of that tower and film. But (laughs) aside from that, everyone's acting as if that he is the problem solver for LSU. He's really not, because this year... And I've said it before, he is playing Alabama and Auburn. Auburn could be good. Auburn is one of the weirdest football programs ever. They are. And they've I've even heard talk of Auburn wanting Deion Sanders to come coach. He's not going. He's not going there. No, I don't think so either. But it would sure make for an interesting season. It very much would, but no. Dion's not going there. He has built Jackson State up to a really great program. His son is there. Right. I, I think two of his sons are there. And he loves it there. And he's making a difference there. With Auburn, it's just too much of the boosters being involved. Mm-hmm. So with it, number one, their game against Penn State was ugly. They don't have the quarterback thing figured out. They lost at home, and they didn't score a touchdown until it didn't matter by the other. Really, with Zach Calzada, no one knows if he's good or bad, but, I mean, is he better than what they have at Texas A&M? Like, should he have not transferred? It's hard to tell, but it was, I don't know, it was even Auburn's defense looked sloppy. They allowed five rushing touchdowns. That's a lot. No, that is a lot. And I mean, I look at that and think you have to look at as other defenses too. I know that I said that 
Georgia hasn't been tested yet because, mm-hmm. as bad as it sounds, they haven't. But when will that defense break? Because right now, and obviously, you know, as Alabama fans, we always think that any time a team gets a first down on us, that our defense is terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, one, I'm pretty sure Georgia's in that mentality now. And two, I think that in this case, many teams might be able to run on Georgia. Is there one particularly? Probably not right now. But I also think that there's going to be one team that figures it out, similar to how Alabama figured that out against Arkansas in 2007. Oh, that was a great game. (laughs) It was. Think about Georgia. They have a lot of freshmen that are playing. They are on the field, which is scary because they're going to be good for a long time but they're also freshmen so they're bound to make mistakes well it's similar with Alabama too because you think about the offensive line and now they're trying new players to come in Mm -hmm. and it's either working out or it's not but or even the receivers and Nick Saban had said it too it's that while they have these transfers it's their first year in the program so (laughs) that's why Jermaine Burton is struggling that's why Eli Ricks is struggling and why there isn't that much chemistry with Bryce and the receivers and speaking of it is time to go into the recap for Alabama and Louisiana Monroe obviously you and I will always think back (laughs) to 2007 because we've learned our lesson. How do we feel after this game? I was pleased, but I wasn't pleased. I'm in the same boat. So uh, first half of the game I thought was great. And obviously people are going to say, well, it's a cupcake team. But there were things that we didn't see in the previous game that we saw this game. And there was that chemistry. We had uh, the pick from Will Anderson. Hello. (laughs) Um, but then they came out second half and I I got a little nervous I didn't think they were going to lose but I got nervous there were lots of penalties lots of mistakes I was definitely nervous too I mean the Texas game 15 penalties that's just not Nick Saban team I don't know what was happening and most of them were coming from Will Uh, it's same with this game and I don't understand he was the leader on the team last year I'm not sure what's going on I feel like someone has gotten into his head because I know that he is a very grounded guy. He, you know, his mom is very, his family's super supportive. Mm-hmm. He comes from a family with the Southern dynamics. So I don't think it's his family getting into his head, but someone must've been getting into his head because he just looks off. Now I know that us saying he looks off and he proceeds to have a great game <laughs> doesn't line up but something seems different because he is having mental errors I don't know if he's just exhausted I don't know if he's just overworking himself yeah I'm not sure but I'm I never thought I would see Will get a horse collar call and it was a fair call I mean it was a straight horse collar but that was surprising coming from him no, absolutely. I definitely think that with this game, it's it's good to have Cameron Lotu back. Mm-hmm. I I don't think I realized how much I missed him 
Um, he's a terrific tight end. I can see him having that OJ Howard type game very soon. But what I'm concerned about is who's going to be that number two receiver. So we've already got Latu as our tight end. Treshawn Holden, Bryce's roommate, is going to be the number one. But then you have that number two. That's just one giant question mark because Ja'Cory Brooks, it was thought that he would be it, and then he struggled. He had the pass go off his hands. Jermaine Burton looks very quiet. And then you also have Jameer Gibbs, who's outproducing the two of them. Right. I I like Gibbs, I think, in that spot. I think he's he's taking risks. They don't all work out in his favor, but he's trying. He's not playing conservatively, and that's what we need right now. Absolutely. I mean, he Jameer Gibbs reminds me a lot of Damian Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very built very similarly. Um, when Damian Harris first came to Alabama, he was not as I don't want to say thick, but I feel like that's the only way to describe him. No, like, that makes sense as toned, and he had a little get up, but his running style more reminds me of that Kenyon Drake mm. or that Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Maybe Najee, like kind of a mix of all of those. Yeah. We so, could use that. We could use a mix of all those players. We could, but I also think that my biggest thing right now is who's going to be the number three. Yes. Jace has cemented himself as the number two. He looked terrific in the past two games, but it's really just who's going to be the number three because mm-hmm. Roydell has some good in him but it's as if we all kind of forgot about Trey Sanders that's true and he is not new no and he was our number two for the most part of last year and you know Saban has said the same thing we used to be three four receivers deep and not have a worry in the world but with the transfer portal and the NIL deals things have changed they definitely have I mean I remember when I was watching Alabama football at a much younger age. I know I'm about to age myself very much, but it was, I think, 2012, and the starting receivers were DeAndrew White, Christian Jones, Kenny Bell, and then there was this freshman by the name of Amari Cooper. Once again, aging myself very much. And DeAndre White gets hurt, so they put in Amari Cooper, and obviously we all know what happened to Amari Cooper. But it's as if that narrative, every time we have that narrative, because the same thing happened with Robert Foster and Calvin Ridley coming in or something similar with Jalen Waddell getting hurt and John Mechie stepping up, it made us better. But then we had that happen in the championship game and we weren't good for it because no one could take Jameis' spot. I just wish we could go back to that time where our receivers were playing rock, paper, scissors on the sideline to see uh, who was going to get the next touchdown. I miss that time. I'm sure that with this game, obviously Alabama's playing Vanderbilt. I think with this, we have a lot to look forward to. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, a an SEC matchup. But 
look for this team to continue to gel. Yes. But this team is going to remind me a lot of SEC teams in the past from Alabama. Based around defense, looks good on defense, and then after that, a bigger focus and mentality. But I think with this, the SEC has looked good. Have they looked the most dominant conference? I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I honestly think that there are some teams that look good. Ole Miss looks great. Alabama Mm -hmm. looks better. Georgia looks terrific. Tennessee looks decent. Um, A&M, I'm going to say it, and it – I'm sure that other people are going to agree. Jimbo does not know how to discipline his team. No, not at all. And I mean, everyone's going to keep going back to the number one recruiting class. Um, and I know some of them are not playing yet, but you should still have something to show for all that money you spent getting these kids. It's that's kind of how I look at it too, because I think about, Georgia's number one recruiting classes or Alabama's number one recruiting classes. I think um, in, I don't remember which year that Georgia had the number one. They, I think they had it in 2017. Probably was 2017. Mm-hmm. And that was the year they got Isaac Nada and Jake Fromm. And I think they got um, Calvin Early's brother. They all played as and then you also had um, James Cook play, Swift play. So having those players play, they made an impact. And then all those years where Alabama had the number one recruiting class, whether it was, um, I think, 2015, Damian Harris played as a freshman, and Mika Fitzpatrick played as mm-hmm. a freshman. So, and they didn't miss a beat. Now, Jimbo comes in with a known recruiting class and they play and they're either not disciplined. They're not good. He's suspended four players. Right. And these players are not going to stay. If they have a losing season, these players are going to enter the transfer portal. And there goes this whole, his whole motto. His whole yeah. limo is gone. And it's not as if players can't transfer to, schools in the SEC. Mm-hmm. LSU, Eli Ricks transferred to Alabama, Jermaine Burton to Alabama, mm-hmm. Tyler Steen to Alabama. And Drew Sanders transferred from Alabama to Arkansas. So it can happen. Other players are going to come and go, but I think right now Jimbo just isn't living up to the hype and part of me kind of saw it coming because it reminds me of the people who would plagiarize their papers. And you, you as a teacher understand that. I do. <laughs> so you think about how someone who has worked hard, done the research and, you know, and started everything ahead of time. So you're Kirby or you're Nick. And then you look at it and say, oh yeah, you know, this is their work. This makes sense. And then you have the one student who doesn't do any of that and just waits till the last minute and plagiarizes and a good teacher 
make sure that you are waiting for them to crack <laughs> under the pressure for them to admit that they messed up. That's Jimbo in the situation. And unfortunately for him, I think that crack will be his firing. It's coming. <laughs> it, it, it's coming. And I mean, I said he's on the hot seat. Eli Drinkwitz is on the hot seat. Brian Harson probably is on the hot seat. Um, but in regards to that, do you think that if Jimbo gets fired, Nick Saban should bring him mm-hmm. into Alabama? I don't. I don't think he wants to be fixed. I think he thinks his way is the correct way. No, I've got to agree. I mean, I think back to all the coaches who've worked at Alabama. You know, Mario was there. Lane was there. Mm-hmm. Steve Sarkeesian was there. Butch, Mike Loxley. And those, all those guys were interviewable. Not Mario, but Mario loves Nick Saban. And so does Kirby. All those guys are completely mature now because mm-hmm. of the time there. Yeah, um, they were there to learn, and I don't think Jimbo would have that mindset. No. Um, I think it's also because, I mean, I didn't want Jimbo to be the first Saban assistant to beat us. I wanted it to be Kirby or Lane. Um, I didn't want it to be Jimbo. And then when Kirby did, I said, okay, yeah, you know, I, I've always respected Kirby. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be Jimbo. It's going to go to his head. And what mm-hmm. happened? It went to his head. Yeah. But... I think with this right now, Texas A&M shouldn't be ranked. Lost to App State. They barely beat Miami. And I think right now with the SEC team, and this is my big focus, in the South, we have football and we have culture, but we also struggle to get people to come down to the South and stay here a while. Mm -hmm. It's sports that allow us to bring those people in. And uh, that's why I hold these college football teams to such a high standard. I agree. The SEC is just, it's a whole different breed. It's the traditions. There's nothing like it. No, absolutely. But on the topic of teams of the South, I think it's time for us to focus on the NFL and the small market teams there. So obviously, On Sunday, we saw the Saints and the Falcons lose. Now, with the Saints, I think that it was, you know, a humbling loss. But I also do want to go on record and say that this is all Mike Evans' fault. (laughs) Because he threw the first punch. Now, I'm sure people can, you know, try and tell me differently. But that's my thought process there. My other one that I want to focus on is the Rams don't look as good as we think they do. Yeah, I agree. And just going back to the punch, it started with Brady. (laughs) He he was not physical. I know. And I don't know. Everyone's like, well, when you have that many rings, you can get away with things. I don't know that I agree with that. If you are out there to lead a team, I'm not sure that you should be able to get away with things. No, I don't think you should either. I think with it, it's definitely a mix of, you know, they look to him for leadership style and all the understanding. But with this, you know, this, everything kind of 
changed after that. And this team struggled, but I think with them, you know, they will get it together. But now I understand why people do not like the Bucks. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then with the Falcons, the Falcons can be a good team, but they've just kind of been on the wrong side of everything. Mm-hmm. So it's hard there. Um, right now with the Carolina Panthers, I think with the Panthers, it's also a very similar thing as well, too. They are struggling with their identity, and that's kind of just a big part of it, too. I mean, all about these teams in the South are struggling with their identity. And even right now, the Tennessee Titans are down to the Buffalo Bills. This is going to be a very you know interesting season dynamic for our Southern teams, but I still think that they're – is playoff teams in these teams. I would agree. They, they're all pretty young in their new roles coming from different teams, being traded, being drafted, and they have to figure out how they gel together, how they vibe together, and when they find it, they'll make it happen. Absolutely. And do you think that there's one team in the South that you're rooting for. I know that you are a big Patriots fan and you love Mac Jones. Ew. <laughs> but if there was a team in the South, whether it's the Saints, the Falcons, or a team from our southern base states, is there one that you think you would root for? The Saints, I don't know why, but they've always had a special place for me. I like to watch them. I'm not a Saints fan. I just enjoy watching them. So I'll pull for them. I love to hear that because I grew up two hours from New Orleans, so I love my New Orleans-based teams. So we will take that, and I mean, justice for Marshawn Lattimore. (laughs) But with that right now, I think we've covered a lot of good things. What do you think you are most excited for when it comes to the upcoming week whether it's college football, whether it's NFL football, share your thoughts. We listen to everything here and we say anything and everything. (laughs) Be that Tennessee Gator game. That's going to be good. And I think that's going to show us which team is going to be better this season. I have to agree with that. And really, I want to know how Tennessee will handle it. Because as bad as it sounds, this Tennessee team does kind of remind me of some of the Butch Jones games. Mm-hmm. And I think with they could have a lot of hype. But I also could see them being a little off. I'm most excited for obviously Alabama to start SEC play, but I want to see how Arkansas does the week before they play Alabama. Mm -hmm. I think that with this, basically, when I look at it, Alabama leads this streak recently, but I could see Nick Saban finding a way to make sure that his team knows that Arkansas means business. Oh, I agree. And then if you look at it from Arkansas's 
point of view, they probably already have that Alabama game in their head. So will that distract them? Well, I know that one player is ready, and that player is Drew Sanders. And Drew Sanders was a transfer from Alabama. He came in the same recruiting class as Will Anderson. And he was a big loss for this Alabama team. I think that losing Drew Sanders was not only a big blow for this defense, but for an age as well. You know, you have Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, Henry Toe Toe, and then you have Jalen Moody, and then you have a lot of other players too, like Deontay Lawson. Shout out to the 251. But after that, you know, you don't have that veteran presence. And then Drew Sanders has now leads the SEC in sacks, and Alabama has struggled to get sacks. Yeah, let's hope Will has his head on by that game. I think he will. I think that. Remember, in the game against Mississippi State, Will Anderson went off. That was his Mm -hmm. coming to, I don't want to say Jesus, but that was his, I'm pretty sure that Derek Thomas's, you know, angel was looking at him and said, it's your time to shine. (laughs) So if you're listening to this, Derek Thomas, up there with Bear Bryant, please find a way (laughs) to do that again. Or Derek Thomas's family, if you're listening to this, um, I think... Will would very love that because we've been so spoiled when it comes to defensive players at Alabama, having players like Dante Hightower, having players mm-hmm. like, you know, Rolando McClain or Jonathan Allen, Ashawn Robinson, or now we've got Will and Henry. I definitely think that with this game, it's going to be where we find ways to make sure that the defense is not only set up for success, but Will is too. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to move Will around. Now, Pete Golding, I hope you're listening to this because <laughs> we need your creativity if that exists for some reason. But I think with this, it's going to be an exciting week of college football and NFL and obviously right now we are rooting for our southern based teams but I am super excited for this and obviously we are super excited to have Christy aboard I cannot wait to continue to make content with you and where can everyone find you whether it's on TikTok or social media yeah, so on Instagram and TikTok, it's Christy Marie zero zero. I do lots of ranking of all kinds of different sports themes, and it gets people fired up in the comments. Come, you can come have fun with us. <laughs> I love that. I love that, and we are so excited to have you here. And everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we will be sure to be back. And if you have anything you want us to talk about, please let us know. But welcome aboard and get excited for college football in week four. All right. Thanks for having me. No, of course, of course. Thanks so much. But that's going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, Jake's So14. You can find this on 
Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. We're basically on all platforms. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sport Network at Variety underscore Sport underscore. You're home for all things sports and all shapes and different forms of variety. Once again, thank you so much to our co-host, Christy. Welcome to the team. I'm so excited for her to be here. This is going to be great. As always, we are going to be focusing more on our Southern teams throughout college football. So get excited. Get ready for different covers of our teams. And let's see how things are going to go. And as always, as always, thank you so much for all the love, all support. Continue to be great. Make adventures. Be excitement. Be the best version of you you can be. Create excitement. Make smiles in this world. Continue to be a light. And as always, I will see and hear from you all later. Take care. Find some love, love you.